Uh, okay, so this is the penultimate episode, or the ultimate episode, I never knew the difference, of our top 25 cigars of 2023. Today we're going to be talking about numbers 10 through 1. We have a lot to talk about, and it's my day off, so let's, let's just get right into it. Number 10, we have the Drew Estate Blackened Toro. This is the collaboration between Drew Estate and James Hetfield of um, Metallica. I believe he also has a whiskey, bourbon, or some kind of liquor that's also called uh, Blackened, so I think it's involved with that. Um, what they did is they basically took the Mayuzi Ways a Ton blend, the Muat blend, and they refined it and they made it, you know, they, they elevated it. But it is a very heavy in-your-face blend in the best possible way. Maduro tobaccos, I believe there's Pennsylvania Broadleaf, Connecticut's uh, San Andreas. Just a lot of heavy, rich, dark notes going on. It's a powerful smoke, um, but it's done in the best way possible. This is not a sipping your cognac, yeah. and it's a nice, quiet evening. This is a, like, you and your buddies are, like, watching the game, and you got music in the background in the man cave, and you're, you're smoking this thing. The room's going to fill with smoke. It's a very smoky cigar. But I thought it was pulled off really, really well. I thought they did an excellent job with it. How is your, uh, how have your feelings been towards like Drew State within like with some of their releases really recently? And I mean, do you tough. think this kind of um... no? Because they had Undercrown Ten two years ago. Yeah, like true. They, they they stay in the race. They're always in the race. Because I felt like good. Florida Sungrown was just like yeah, that one didn't was just there. Like yeah, I, I hate to say it like that, it was just there. And I think with this one for me, um, that was a unique experiment. Yeah which I think offers people a certain, you know, a certain experience. But Blackened because, is, yeah. like, if you like a heavy Maduro cigar, it's as down the middle as you can get, just, yeah. again, refined and, and done well. Because to, for the FS, the Florida Sun Grown 20 Acre Farm to come off the heels of, like, under Crown 10, I was kind of like, but then when, when the M81 came yeah. out, well, that the, was, it's like It's like you get back to what you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we we know Maduro's. We do nice, heavy, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Although they do have, and I think we're actually getting back at stock, the Chateau Real, which was like one yes. of was, that was like their first premium cigar that they released, and it like didn't catch on back then. It was a great cigar though, but it was very not their style. Like they like Drew Estate had a style, and this was more like very like Fuente. And people just didn't respond to it. Yeah. But the cigar was excellent. And I think they're bringing it back for like catalog only or, you know, like online only. So that should be interesting. But yeah, no, I think, I think that they're, they're guaranteed a hit a year or at least every other year. They mm -hmm. got something, something cooking. Um, Willie's doing a really good job down there. Yeah. But uh, Blackened, excellent. Good on you guys. Um, very happy with that cigar. Uh, next up, we are going to number nine cigar of the year. Another um collaboration with a celebrity yes the espinoza knuckle sandwich connecticut so guy fieri and eric espinoza are like the same guy but one is hispanic and the other is i'm guessing from california florida yeah. someplace sunny you think he's got to be from someplace he has sunny. pennsylvania vibes you think pennsylvania <laughs> i think he's so he he I'm looks gonna... like the sun. He's yeah, too, he's he gotta does. be from someplace I gotta sunny. See, yeah. yeah, like let's find out. Um But they are both really cool, down to earth. You know, I have obviously I know Eric very well and the people I know who have met Guy, he's super down to earth, very nice, and he's a big cigar smoker. Yeah. And in fact, I heard a story that when he 
opened one of his restaurants many years ago, and he had like a smoking area in it, or like a you know smoking balcony. Uh, he ordered his cigars from Jr. Like way way back. That's crazy. I think it was before diners. And I and I like that. That's he's not going to like, you know, rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. But mm-hmm. he's not like, oh, I'm in some f- place in Thailand. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, no, I'm gonna go to like Frank's, you know, hot dogs. Yeah. Like this guy makes a hot dog better than anyone else, and it's two dollars, and I'm gonna give him some business. And I think that was a, a really really great way to spread the love to uh, to different restaurants. So, we both kind of were right. He was born in Ohio. And then I think when he was about 10 years old, he moved uh, to Humboldt County, California, which is the Redwoods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, his personality is he's taken that from Northern yeah. Cal. Yeah. Um, and he then, doesn't have an Ohio personality. No, <laughs> no he doesn't. He's like not. And then he know. went to UNLV for um, his, oh, yeah, he's for got a his Bachelor Vegas of in Science. He's got yeah. a little Vegas in there, too. Yeah. So he's he's all yeah. over the place. But he is. Uh, but he's a serious cigar smoker. And I think that with the. This increase of knowledge and understanding in the industry, the kind of collaborations that we're seeing, even the Jeremy Piven one he did with Illusione, they're not just like, you know, like I remember there was a Frank Vincent cigar, there was a Jim Belushi cigar, there was a George Lopez cigar, and they were bullshit. Like, they were were all bad. They weren't good cigars. Um, But now you're seeing guys who are actually, you know, like uh, the Jonas brother who smokes, he's like a big Tatawahe fan. There's people who are... Who were like look into the industry, see what's going on, know you know really good cigars, and and Guy and and Eric uh, know each other well. I mean, I was on that that Zoom call. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Guy Fieri opened up the Zoom call, and then it's like, all right, now here's Nick Libretti, and I was just like, what do you what do you well, how want am I me following that? What do you want me to do? Um, but the knuckle sandwich came out, and I believe that it is like a catchphrase of his, um, which was really funny explaining what a knuckle sandwich was to our French creative agency in a meeting the other day. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, what is knuckle sandwich? Never and I'm like, been... no, it's not like an actual food. <laughs> it's not like it. We're not, it's not you that. Imagine? Yeah. I, yeah. I had to explain it. You did the Irish. But first of all, the packaging and everything, you know, the, the, the labels are really cool. The cigar is excellent. There's a Habano, a Connecticut, and a Maduro, and then he has like the Chef Specials editions. You know, they do yeah. a lot of limited. The Connecticut this year though was really spectacular. It had some of those notes, some like light citrus notes that I find in the Laranja or the the Larange from Eric, and it was just it was excellent. It burned great. I love the theme at, and like I said, I I I love Guy. He's got such a a great personality. He's very down to earth, nice guy. He's a serious cigar smoker, and he partnered with like a real guy. Yeah, like Eric Espinosa is a real dude. He's an industry veteran. He's not just some like flashy person, you know, whatever. It was like on TV all the time. So like, oh, you know, uh, come come make a cigar with me. Yeah, he's like a real, you know, like, like a deep industry guy with a lot of respect. Everybody loves Eric. And so I, it's, it was just a partnership made in heaven, and the cigar is is phenomenal. All of them are, but the Connecticut this year really, uh, really, really impressed me. Um, that was what, number nine? Yeah. So our number eight is the uh, Davidoff Nicaragua 10th Anniversary Limited Edition Grand Toro. Um, I think, I think uh, we got this cigar, or I smoked it. I want to say like somewhere in the middle of the summertime. Um, and it was just where the weather was fine, where the weather was fine. Mm. And it was, and I've, 
I'm always, this might sound stupid, but I'm always hesitant to smoke Davidoffs because of the, the price of they are. I, and the, if I'm able, if I'm going to be able to finish them pretty much like, <laughs> like I, if I'm smoking a Davidoff, I want to take my time with it. Right. But this one was great. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, uh, did you, but by the way, you, that that's the exact reason why I didn't smoke it on this show is because I'm like, yeah, we don't I'm have not, enough I don't have the time, time like, to do it. And I'm like, I'm yeah, not going to. And like, we talked a little bit about this. We had a podcast where we talked about this cigar actually, too, and how I think we were both. I was very, very impressed, very, very impressed with it. With it. Um, yeah, the, the Davidoff Nicaragua be, is a very good cigar. But because you were saying something, too, if hope we don't if you guys don't mind, we reiterate. You said when that that cigar first came out, you were also starting in the industry. I was still in the store, but in I had, the store, I, yeah. That cigar came out when we had just got gotten in Davidoff because, like, you can't just get in Davidoff; you have yeah. to be a certified retailer. I think that was my last full year there, and I was put in charge because also we used to have all our singles behind the glass display, and we had to get them for customers. With the Davidoff wall, that was the first time we were having singles out there for customers to get. So I was put in charge for the year of Davidoff inventory because it was like an experiment to see if we put the product out there, are we gonna are people gonna steal them? And I think at the end of that year we were like, you know, four dollars under like we mm -hmm. were we we didn't we didn't lose anything. Not that I was like just keeping an eye on it and making sure no one was stealing. I wasn't like a security guard, but I I was the one fully in charge of like opening the boxes, putting everything in the system, setting everything up. Um, and that was right when the Nicaragua came out and it was impressive. I mean, they had done some other attempts to get into the more complex medium to full body market. There was a Davidoff Maduro, I, by the way, they were all excellent. For some reason they just didn't catch on the Davidoff Maduro. I really liked, um, it was called something, the Puro to something. There was another one. Then there was a Davidoff Millennium, another one I really, yeah. really liked. The original Winston Churchill line, but it was it was just called Winston Churchill, and the bands were different. It wasn't it was a Davidoff product, but it wasn't affiliated. It didn't have like a Davidoff band on it. Uh, so the Nicaragua was their first foray into the more complex, you know, modern, you know, industry on a large scale, and under the Davidoff, like you know, big Davidoff name, and it really took off. It started what's known as the Black Series or the Black Label Series, which is Nicaragua, Escudio, yep. and Yamasa. Uh, but it was a really good cigar. I will say that this Ellie, I don't know what they did. Maybe it's the size. Maybe it's because I haven't had a, a standard Nicaragua in a while. This cigar was probably the best Davidoff, like regular release I've had in a couple of years. I do think sometimes, even myself, I get caught up in a little bit of Davidoff hype. We're like, oh, here's this new thing. I get to smoke one. It's $30. So like sometimes I'm like thinking maybe it's i like it more than i do this one was like unbelievable it was smooth nutty it had that that kind of salivary thing uh, salivary effect where like i don't want to put it down yeah i don't want to stop smoking it um the burn on it was perfect it, it was it was amazing um and i think like i said i think it's one of davidoff's best new products in a couple of years. I mean, they always have good stuff. Their year of series is always great. They have, you know, their limited edition 10 packs, but in terms of like a, like a big nominal release, I mean, this was, this was outstanding and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them. Uh, but it, it blew me away with how good that cigar was. Um, I kind of want to go smoke a standard 
Nicaragua and see if there's a if there's a difference. difference. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. David off. Thank you. Excellent work. What number? Was it? So that was so that was number eight. Number so eight. Uh, seven. Yeah. This one I really liked. I mean, I'm, was there anyone that you didn't? <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying, like, it, well, I get you because the you. original, uh, the the uh, the original one came out. Um, was it last year? Or no, already? two years ago. Two years ago. I and remember throwing it out uh, over uh, COVID. I remember getting yeah. samples of that one over COVID. The first one, and it, um, it landed number two on Aficionado. I think the following year it came yeah. out. Um, so the number seven is the Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary edition Diamante in the Toro size. Yeah. Um, whatever AJ and Raphael are doing for this 1935 series, they're doing it really well. Yeah. Um, my only kerfuff is that stop doing them in box press. Yeah. I know Big Jim and me <laughs> yeah. have a fight over that. Yeah. But I would love to see one of these cigars like in a Toro. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, they are. They're. They're just. How can I describe it? I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot of great flavors, spices, and some sweetness. But in terms of just how the cigar performs in a flavor transition aspect and in a, in a construction aspect, the best way to describe the cigar is just very high level. It's just. It's like watching a, it's like not watching like a good action movie. It's like watching something from a Kubrick or mm. a Tarantino where like there's so much that's well executed in this thing. Yeah. It might not even be your kind of movie. Maybe you don't like, you know, uh uh you know, uh, uh Oppenheimer mm-hmm. or whatever, but you can't argue that it's executed beautifully from the cinematography to the casting choices to the dialogue to you know to the shot choices whatever the the 1935s both of them are just executed beautifully the right flavor combinations they they like even as like this sequel edition there's enough elements that like you can kind of tell it's from the same line but it's also different enough bring something different to the table um a little bit bolder uh, no sorry the the original one in my mind was a little bit bolder this one's a little more nuanced which i like i like if you can do even more nuanced and show those complexities in a toned down way. I find that even more impressive. So I think this one, they were able to accomplish that. This one, the wrapper on this one looked a little bit uh, lighter than the original. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know, but they're both, I believe, still Nicaraguan Puros. You know, yeah, sometimes so, AJ has like these secret blends where he doesn't want to tell anyone what's in it gotcha. because it's probably some proprietary stuff that gotcha. he's working on or, or whatever. But both, like you said, were, were, were great. Yeah. Um, and I do love, you know, I do love the band on this with the little diamond on it. Um, and I believe the band on the original was uh, gold and black. This one is gold brown. And like I said, with that diamond. Um, but yeah, it's, it. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm going to, piggyback off what you said having this in a different shape would be probably a total different experience that i would absolutely love yeah man like they should i would love 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 to see them do this and not my traditional size i don't want to see it in like a six by 48 i think with what's going on com- complexity wise i think that's it, it just wouldn't do well in that yeah. size i think one of the reasons we like it so much is because in the in in a box press it almost acts like more of a thicker Parejo in mm-hmm. that how it how the the different tobaccos play, like the the filler to yeah. wrapper to binder ratio. 
So I would like to see this in a Churchill size. Yeah. Like a six by fi- uh, like a seven by fifty. Or like a six by fifty two torpedo, something Ooh. like that. Like your traditional that would be if great. you do your traditional Monte Cristo number two in this blend, I think that that might be a, a top two or three cigar of the year. Um, I, 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 I truly do. I, I would love to see. Oh, well, I'm having an idea now. I'm Here we go. It, call up my old buddy Raphael. <laughs> see what got going on over there. Nice. Um, yeah, that was number seven. Number seven. Number six. Uh, Roma Crafts coming out swinging with a new line. I thought that they were, you know, I hadn't seen a lot of new stuff from them recently. And then there was, you know, issues with uh, Cro-Magnon. They had to switch Cro-Magnon to a Pennsylvania broadleaf. Now I think they might be calling it something a little different just because the trouble in, in getting Connecticut. Uh, they did do the, what's wrong with the Cameroon? Oh, uh, the Vodka. A couple yeah. of years ago. Yep. That was a couple of years ago. That was uh, 2019. Yeah, because I, I was at that show. That was at the trade, was at show, that trade I show. Yeah. Um, but now they came out with uh, a new addition to their intemperance line. It's called the Volstead. Uses a uh, Sumatra hybrid wrapper out of Ecuador, San Andreas binder, and then um, Nicaraguan fillers from three different countries. Th- I think this cigar has shown... Uh, step up for Roma Craft. Roma Craft, always fantastic cigars, always been a fan, Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal. Um, but you had they had a very specific style. It was a little more rustic, mm-hmm. uh, a little heavier flavors. I think this has shown an elevation in them. This is their most nuanced blend yet with a lot of nice flavor transitions, super smooth, that chewiness that I like. Yeah. Again, that salivary thing where you, you don't want to put the cigar down. Um, it was, it was, I, I think it might be the best cigar I've had from Roma Craft, except for, I had one Wonderlust once, and it might've just been the effect of like me being able to smoke that because mm-hmm. it's not available in the U.S. That really blew me away. But I think that the, the Volstead is, is remarkable. And a, a, like I said, that next chapter, it's, you know, it's like going from, uh, you know, Memento, which was like a crazy film, yeah. but then to like, you know. An Oppenheimer, like yeah. that that transition, that elevation, that that really nailing the new bits. Um, yeah, it was very nice. Impressive. It was nice to see, like like you said, something new. I, I when I first started here, I know like I think Mike Rosales was one of the first uh, and people within the industry I met. Uh, smoked some of their things here and there, but I, man, this one the size that we got was perfect. And I don't know if you noticed. I think they did a little nod to the Texas Longhorns with the bands because it's that orange yeah, and white. It is, it is that and I know they're from that. Texas. Maybe I'm making that up. When are they, when are they playing? <laughs> uh, they're playing Washington, right? Yeah. I don't. Is that is that New Year's Eve? I think that this is incredibly dumb that they have like a three week layoff. It's always think, been that way. I, I hate think, it. Yeah. I think this is really because I guess because they want to have it. So you know what? Why don't you just start the season like two weeks later? They don't, they don't have to play in the blazing sun of August. Uh, I agree. Start it in like mid to late September. And if you're going to take three week break, just do an eight playoff. Yeah, or, or maybe maybe because they want like the kids to be home with their families for the holidays. Probably, but, but you're like, playing New Year's Eve. Yeah, it's yeah. like you're not. If you go to University of Texas, but you're from Oregon, yeah. you're not like going home for Christmas. No, you're, you're not. You're staying there and you're practicing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, exactly. Um, yeah, so. yeah, I think it might be. A but I thought that might have been it. I would love that. Let the, you know, if they if 
one of Skipper Mike see this, please confirm because <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. I'll have uh, I'll ask Jim to uh, definitely to skip and see. All right, um, now we're in our top five. Now we're hitting the top five, guys. Yeah. So get ready. Yeah. So at number five, from our good friend Michael Herklotz, we have the Fede Otego Suma in the Corona Gorda. Yep. His most recent release just came out this year. We were actually able to get it in our Cigar of the Month box the month that the cigar actually launched, which is really cool. Yeah. Again, whatever Michael Herklotz is doing is uh, I'm on board for it. Yeah. Um, Presentation-wise, mm-hmm. flavor-wise, um, I believe this is coming from Quesada again. I, th- I think Quesada made this one. Let me just double-check that. I know that Placencia made the Generoso, but I believe this is from Quesada. It's not going to tell me that off website. Anyway, yeah, trust me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's from... It's a tobacco Yeah, seat. Quesada. Yeah. Yeah, it's from Quesada. Um, uses a Corojo wrapper, which I think is slowly becoming one of my favorite wrappers. Ecuadorian, yeah. I think Corojo has this kind of tobacco sweetness that I look for. You see it out of almost like a lot of the Aganorsa stuff and the things that come from Aganorsa, like Warped or Illusione. Yeah. We see it on Mother Church, Ecuadorian Corojo. Mm-hmm. So some of my favorite cigars are utilizing this. And then there's also some Sumatran in there as well. Um, and then Dominican Republic, Domini- yeah. Dominican fillers and Nicaraguan fillers. I, I think he is. I think he's taking. A, he takes big swings with some of the prices, especially. This is also. This is his first regular release. Yeah. Because all of his other stuff, the Metropolitan and the Timeless, those were all the adopted brands yep. from Nat Sherman. A lot of which he developed when he worked for Nat Sherman, but still. And then the Generoso and the Elegancia are limited once a year, and they're kind of an experiment, you know, with the different tobaccos and, like, you know, these wine vintages. This is his first, like, regular release. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to be just going to have this all the time. And it's coming off the heels of the limited edition uh, Elegancia and the uh, Generoso. Yeah. Right? Like, and he got, for Dojo, He both of those cigars were in the top five of 2021. Top three. Top three of 2021, right? I think, right? think Elegancia was one and Generoso yeah. was three. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if anyone would be looking at him and like, oh, you know, he, you know, Nat Sherman, he let, you know, what's, what happened with Nat Sherman? What's Michael going to do? He was number one draft pick, man. Like, yeah, yeah we it say was... it all the time. We've interviewed him twice since the, since he started Ferio Tego. I mean, I don't know if anyone's looking at him and being like, oh, I, I hope, I hope he fails. I don't know if this industry is really like that. I mean, it, it can be, but like really not but with Michael. That's good. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, like you're going to have to wait a long time for that to happen. You know, like the Suma is like for him to come out with that after those two. And I think it, you know, I hope it gets the recognition this year. It deserves. Cause it came out in June of this year. Oh, yeah. And I really hope. Yeah. Yeah. But I hope other lists really do show this cigar love. Cause it's, it's, it's so good. I have to see if half. I don't know if half will reviewed it yet. But I have to see their. their they did. But the, you know what they gave it? Um, eighty six. Yeah. So don't listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I love it in this size. Bet, I, I one of my favorite, and I listen. I think half wheel. I still use half wheel as my my yeah. guide. I'll try anything regardless of what their review is. But I think that their top twenty five is is closer, and I like how they do the factories. I like yeah. how they do the cons- and I love the consensus. Yes, I think it's so smart. But my favorite moment ever is when they did the Las Calaveras 2020 or tw- uh, maybe 21. I think it was the yellow one, the yellow or the red one. 
can't remember which the year. purple and maybe the purple one. The I don't purple know, was, one was twenty twenty. I think then they, it was either the twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one was I think yellow. Yeah, they gave it like a seventy eight. Like they yeah. torched it, but they had a name. It was like number six in the consensus, so they had to like That's talk great. about yeah. it. And it's like wow, everyone else loved the cigar, and but we you, gave it, yeah. yeah. But I also the, one one issue I have with Half Wheel, and this is you know a common issue, is that. It, they just if they go and buy from a store and that store didn't take care of it and like the, it's like overhumidified or dry, they never really put that in there. You know, no, they don't. It's it's because you know, like I they think, do put in like how many times they smoke it. So yeah. all right, but like if you're, it, it depends. Are you smoking? Yeah. Are you taking three weeks to if you're, smoke yeah, it? If you're buying you, a box, you yeah. Know, um, or like they were they were damaged. It, it was something that it wasn't like the cigar didn't taste good. It was more like construction. Yeah whatever's but uh that was always one of my favorite moments that they had and listen they ate it man they could have like lied yeah and not put it on there yeah. you know what i mean so yeah they, they had to eat it but um so that that's our number five number five number uh, four i could talk about this cigar like all day <laughs> when we smoked this one um it's the agonorsa rare leaf maduro in the toro size i believe we smoked it for the first time when terrence when came terrence up in june here, right yeah. and you were you were interviewing him and I was sitting over there and just loving the cigar, like like I was in my own world. It was so good. I can't. Uh, I don't. I can't do that anymore. I can't try a new cigar while talking to the person because I'm just. I was like, but I, you've done. I, oh, I, no. I, I, I've done it a lot, and yeah. I was distracted from the interview because I'm like, I'm really trying to pay attention. Yeah, yeah. So I can't do that anymore. Because <laughs> yeah. Especially with that cigar, where there's a lot to pay attention to. Yeah. It was. Did you, you smoke it that day too? Yeah, and I've smoked it. I uh, smoked it one more time since then, and I mean, I think I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like when the validations series came in, we were kind of like, we were just like this, like we just had, we just had the the rare leaf Maduro, and now he's coming out with this. It's great, but I think this the rare leaf Maduro had such a bigger impact on us. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I will say that we. We try not to take price into account for anything. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there might be a cigar, like, you know, the, that Davidoff Nicaragua is, like, very expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, do I think that there are cigars that are as good that are less good? Yeah. Of course, yeah. I, I think, you know, one of my main things with validation is that it's so good for so little money. Mm -hmm. Whereas the rare leaf is at, at any price that's that's worth it. They're, yeah. rare, they're both the rare leaf and the rare leaf Maduro. Um, I will say it's definitely the strongest Agonorsa mm. I've probably ever had. It's a strong cigar. Um, it's bold. It's rich. They I think that they use San Andreas wrapper on it. Yeah. Uh, where so it was like they had to go get that. They don't obviously yeah. they don't they don't grow it. Um, but I know I remember Terrence saying like one of the big things that he, like responses he was getting from people was like, I did not expect it to be strong like this. Um, and again, it's strong in an Agonorsa way where it's done yeah. right. It's balanced, you know, um, because most I, of the cigars in, in under Agonorsa, you're going to get dude, what you get. They, right? I, yeah. I love Agonorsa so much because I love a medium, yep. medium to full where it's doing everything right. And that's really their like a, you know, a big part of their lane. Mm -hmm. Um, to, so this, to see them kind of be able to do that with something that's, stronger you know i mean this is i want to say this is this you know th third or fourth strongest cigar on the list i think the next one might be yes, is definitely is stronger, stronger but it's it's a strong cigar yeah. 
um, and strong in terms of full flavored, full bodied, and uh, like the nicotine, like all yeah. all levels. But done remarkably well. I mean, the the rare leaf. That's really what it is. Is they're using their finest mm. stuff, and you can't. It's not something that you can get everywhere. It's mm. not like a limited edition where everyone has to run to get it. Only select retailers that they choose, like select vendors, yeah. are able to to purchase it um, because they simply don't have enough to go around. And they don't want to do a limited edition where it's like a first come first serve because then there could be one shop. Where all they do is focus on limited editions, and it's like, no, we want you need to just like support the brand. Did you have thoughts before smoking it? Like, how is it going to? Um, I anticip- how's it going to live up to the first I anticipated. One? I thought it was going to be in the vein of like the Night Watch because that's the other darker mm-hmm. Agonorsa that I really enjoyed. Vastly, just a totally different cigar, very different experience, just very, very, very different. Um, well, because also the wrapper. I mean, the the Night Watch uses, I believe, it was like a Corojo. Maduro hybrid, like some, you know, one of their crazy things that they invented. This was a San Andreas, which I've had before, um, but just done on an Aganorsa level, how it was fermented, how, you know, how, how it was blended with the, mm-hmm. with the tobaccos. Um, just, that's just such a, from start to finish construction wise, the ash was perfect. The, the burn was perfect. I love the, the black bands on it too. Yeah, like yeah. E- everything about it was executed. Yeah, the so gold well. and black. The band, gold and black. Really, I think it, it really pops. Complements the wrapper very well. Yeah. Because it's a dark Mexican San Andreas wrapper and it's oily and it, it just complements it so well. Yeah, it was executed very, very well. And, you know, this, <clears throat> the price point of this is like $14.50. Still, and dude, in this day that's, and age, yeah, it's not that's bad. not bad. You but know, then, like, I know I just said in the beginning of this, we're talking about this. He comes out then with the Validation series that is very budget friendly. So the Validation was know? out, then they got rid of it, and then they brought it back. Oh, what? Oh, I didn't know it was out. It okay. was, but it was like it, it, I don't think it was called that. It was like it was just like the Agonorsa, like or the Casa Fernandez, like their core there line go, yeah. stuff. It came. I think it was rebranded as Validation maybe a year and a half okay. ago, and then we we just happened to get it in. I I this was previous regime yeah, was involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I fought. I'm like, you, we have to get these in. <laughs> oh, but we don't do this, this, and this. I'm uh, like, we're getting this no, in. We need, and look, yeah. Um, And now, like, you know, we, we buy a couple boxes at a time, but we sell them, man. They mm-hmm. go. They, they move. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, big, big year for us with, with Aganor. So, so congratulations yeah. on number three cigar of the year, yes. the Rare Leaf Maduro. Yep. So that brings us to number two. Number three. Number three? What the hell? I thought, I just said it was number, I thought that was number that three. That was number four. Sorry, that was number four. Sorry, yeah. So... God damn it, Chris. You better find my mistakes, man. <laughs> I'm off so today. No, oh, I mean, so am I. I feel like I'm off today, too. So Everyone's off. Number three. Except for Wu-Tang. I would, yeah. <laughs> Wu-Tang. Um, that would be really bad if that was Steve. <laughs> that would be a really, <laughs> yeah. a really bad job. That would be really bad. Yeah. Um, would you like to talk? Like, Cut that part out. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Would you like to talk about number three? Um, well, now I gotta look at my list again because right. now I'm. Now I could. I'll present it. It's, now I'm all for uh, Our number third cigar of 2023 is the Mikarita Black Papasaka. So I mean, Steve had to make this list this year because of the the amount of releases he had. Like like there was there was not a chance that we weren't going to love one of them. And in fact, yeah, we loved three of them, and two of them made the list. Yeah, we had the Krakatoa at. Somewhere in the teens, 14. I wanted, 14. And then uh, Red Meat Lovers was also amazing, but it was very similar to the Papasaka in terms of like what it's what it does. 
Um, you know, the theme might be different and the yeah. packaging might be different, but what this cigar does is is in the same vein. And I think for what it does, the Papa Saka and the whole Saka Khan, you know, line from Mikoritas executes it at a much higher level. Love red meat lovers, but that's more of a heavy, chewy, you know, like you're having your stay. Mm-hmm. This is the refined version of that experience. Just like we talk about with several of the cigars today is that elevated version, turning it up a notch in terms of transitions, in terms of complexity, in terms of really smoothing out those rough edges. And the Papa Saka, listen, the Saka Khan was great, originally the JR50. Yes. Now, while that was a massively, you know, like a big size, and people were like, ah, oh, that's really big, it actually, I think, made the cigar even better at that size because you know it was really heavy, but the amount of filler in that, yeah. that ring gauge toned it down a little bit so going into a much smaller size you risk it if, if you're not a top tier blender you risk it just be, like overpowering the entire cigar and it's like it's too much smoke mm. too much of the of, you know one noted that's not what we saw with papasaka at all what i found was a uh, still a medium to full body still like a lot going on but a much more delicate yeah. presentation again a much more refined experience those dark fruit notes really came through. Um, I, the, the, some coffee in there as well. That richness, that that rich sweetness. Uh, again, that salivary effect that we've been talking about all day um, pairs well with anything. Um, normally, I wouldn't say like a good morning smoke because usually you don't want to go too strong in the morning. But this with a cup of like strong coffee on a cold day will yeah. really like it would really start yeah. the day off right. Yeah. Uh, but the Papasaka was just it was it was remarkable. So I mean, Steve is, is never fails to disappoint, and he almost had three cigars on this list. That's crazy. Yeah, that is that's that's wild. I don't um, know if the Palpetta actually came out this year. I don't know if we would that would have been able to make the list because that is like a different kind of thing. Yeah, it's like a yeah. short filler event only. But, yeah, that's a little. Di- yeah, uh, that's. I mean. It's it was just tough to decide which ones out of you know which ones out of he, what he released this year would would, would make the list, um, and I think last episode I asked you because last episode I was smoking the Krakatoa, um, and just what he what he was able to do with releasing these three, and why you know why he released like why he released so much this year, and you were saying I think you were saying about like the FDA regulations and whatnot. Yeah, and then and, you know, t- you know, he he like I said, he had all these on the uh, on I don't want to say on the back burner, but like he because he was selling them. Sorry, just checking my shit. Out. Good. He was selling them, but he was selling them in ways where like maybe it wouldn't attract FDA attention, which yeah. is like what a lot of companies did. And then you know, I'm sure he has other reasons. I'm sure, he has public reasons, but in in my perception, it was like we could make these full blown lines now. Yeah. We might as well. Yeah, like we, like what? Let's do it. Yeah. I know. I think it was the right thing. No, like I said, Pulpetta got delayed a little bit. I don't. I, I think it was like a packaging thing. It might have been a packaging thing or something with distribution. There was some weird reason. Like the cigars have been ready, something like that. But uh, overall, big year. For, big year for for the the one, two, and three. All three had big years. Like a lot, a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah. I know we're at the end, and I don't want to spoil much. But were you happy with the order? Oh, I'm happy. I'm happy. It's a big and shit. Yeah, I'm very happy with yeah. that. Yeah, I, I don't. I think you could, you could interchange. They're 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 swappable. Yeah, but I mean, they're swappable. When we they, get to they, our top two, I think we'll yeah. be able to really tell 
why we went with that, you know? Yeah. All, but like you said, the top three manufacturers or company, our top three companies that we chose for our list, they had phenomenal releases this year. Yeah. And they just, they just did, they just did so well. All so. three of them accomplished something different. And even, even after we say what two and one are, I don't want to tell you which one is which in terms of what I'm speaking about. I want to yeah. see if, if people can guess out there. But one of them tried something, you know, or, and continues to try something completely new for, like, really for the industry and succeeds at a high level. One takes something that a lot of people do and executes it at the highest level. And one took something that they've never done but other people have and executed it better than they did. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say which who's the three of these are out of the top three, but that's what they all did. So they all are number ones for those yeah. reasons. So they are they are very interchangeable. Um, but I, I I'm very happy with the order. I mean, the toughest one was still when we it was the the tricky trocker versus the 175th. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that 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 was that was always going to be the, that was a tough one. That, that was, was our like, first year doing it too. Yeah. Like that was that was like when Shawshank and like Forrest Gump and then like something else yeah. came out in like the same year. It's like what are you what are you, you going to do? Um. So that leads us into number two. Yep. Which is what which I'm smoking. You are smoking. So one of you. Which go is ahead. the Lavareda by Crown Heads, uh, mm-hmm. number fifty two. Um, we've talked about this cigar a handful of times this year. Um, last year, our number one was the Las Calaveras from, you know, from Crown Heads as well. Um, this was a totally different cigar for John to develop in terms of, uh, like we've said in the past, if you've heard us say this in the past, the pricing of it, um, it's probably his most expensive cigar to date, right? Oh yeah. Um, and, you know, I almost, you know, ha- I'm almost halfway through and it's just, I can't, can't get enough of it. Um, I mean, when you look at like, for me, like when I look at crown heads, you're going to get, you know, some limited editions that come out, you know, every year, like the Las Calaveras, the four kicks, this, you know, the standard limited editions. And then there's always, since I've been in the industry since 2019, it seems like he always has like that one cigar he's going to come out with that's going to blow it out of the water. Like like that people are going to absolutely love. Uh, the Mil Dias was one, you know, last year or the year before, I believe. Um, and then for this year, it's the La Vareda. Um, sticking with Crown Head tradition, you know, the foot band I ripped off. It's black and gold. Uh, same as the band up here. I love it. Um it's as Nicaraguan tobaccos throughout. Uh, it's a shade grown Jalapa wrapper, beautiful color. Um, Jalapa, uh, Jalapa tobaccos in the binder and Dominican Republic and Nicaraguan tobaccos for the filler. Um, like I said, this, this, the market price for this is a uh, $20 per stick and it, it came out in August. And I just, I mean, I don't know really what else to say that that has that's already been said. He just continues to surprise us and continues, I think, to uh, push the envelope in terms of where he started versus where he's at now. Um, you know, I don't know. I didn't hear any rumblings of like, oh, my God, how could you make a cigar that's like $20? You know, I think when you get to a point in your in your career, and I know I, I always bring it back to movies, 
it's about it's you know i look at it as like you know you've been working so long as an independent artist and now you're able to make like that hundred million dollar movie um and i think people are going to go and watch it and i think people are going to come here and gravitate towards it and and and, and smoke this and it, this is like i said one and two for me are very interchangeable um they're two companies that i respect a lot and that are have great relationships with us and all that. So, what would you do if somebody gave you a hundred million dollars to make a movie right now? How good would the movie be? Oh, I would I would lock myself away for three weeks to make sure I make I make The Godfather. Three weeks is that's all it's going to take you to make The Godfather? <laughs> no, to write it. Oh, straight through, not make it. I, I'm I'm filming it for six months. Yeah. Um. No, but like to sit <laughs> In down. Three and, weeks, I'll have The Godfather. Never, never. <laughs> to sit all day, like lock myself away. Love you, Jess. Love you, Peyton. But I'm going away for three weeks to write something phenomenal because I'm not going to waste that waste that. It comes budget. out, it's just Porky's three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't but, know. I didn't know we needed yeah. to close the loop. On I didn't know porky. we needed a trilogy. Yeah, exactly. Need to make it a trilogy. Um, I would. I myself, Chris Ranger, would make sure it's the best damn movie that I would. I would be able to make. Um, but you know, I don't know if the analogy makes sense with John. But yeah, no, I, I mean, it. you know, John has made the in my mind, the truly modern Cubanesque cigar in both blend and style. There's a lot of traditional Cubanesque. I mean, Warp does it a lot. I mean, yeah. everyone, everything is based on that. Yeah. Like almost, almost every packaging and mm-hmm. theme is, you see is based on traditional Florida, like Cuba, yep. you know, turn of the century packaging and styles and bam. I mean, look, look at La Roma de Cuba, even my father, like the other my father one. For what he did here is he turned to modern day Cuban cigars and how they are marketed and how they taste. And he he implemented his version of that. And I think he executed it brilliantly. From the flavor profile, it's nutty, it's smooth, it has some some like uh, floral notes in there, got some nice oak and some leather. Got a little bit of sweetness, so it definitely has a modern, like high-level Cuban flavor. And then the packaging is is very much based upon, like that that modern traditional, yeah. where like you know, uh, for you know, Cohiba, they didn't they didn't change the Cohiba logo. They just modernized it. They didn't change the Monte Cristo logo in Cuba. They just modern they modernized these things, keeping the essence of what was there. And that's what he did is he 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 utilized that style to his advantage. And I think this opens up a whole new chapter for John. Now that he was able to stick the landing so hard, yeah. opens up a whole new chapter. That pisses me off because now he's gonna start making shit like this, and I gotta have to pay. You think? I gotta pay twenty twenty goddamn dollars. Do you think he'll, he'll? You don't think he'll do like a mixture? No, I think of he'll, it? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. If he does something like this, like again, he'll he'll keep it yeah. special like this. Yeah. He's not just gonna start tossing out like, "Here's my new release. It's twenty five dollars." Like yeah. he wouldn't do that. Um, he 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 likes the lane that he's in because he I think he likes the the variety of customers yeah. who get to enjoy his product, but. I think this opens up a new lane that sometimes he can drive into. Exactly. That he's going to enjoy. And I think it's a lane that he's able to now, like, you know, he's created to where now he can collaborate with us on stuff. Yeah. Like the Crafted By, uh, the Mother Church. So I think it leaves room for, for that. And if he wants to do it with anybody else, but yeah. he really shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm, I'm happy with this decision at, at number two. Like I said, it, it, comes in a, it comes in a, how many sizes? I think like four, three or four. Um, the yeah. 54, and 56. And also, he didn't, yeah. he didn't do like 
that like you know when people try you know are, are going in that Cuban esque direction, they go with those old fashioned Cuban sizes, yeah. very thin ringgit. He went like, no, the Cohibas now and that kind of stuff. They're in like. 52, 54 ring gauges. Like they're making them into these bigger ring gauges. It also gives you, it gives you so much room to play with the blend yeah. when you when you're not stuck to a really thin ring gauge because then you know the the wrapper has to be exactly right. When you're doing a little bit of a thicker size, when I say thicker, I mean like it's unique for Cubans to be like above a fifty. Yeah, we were talking know? about that last episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so it just gives you more room to play to really find that blend that just that hits uh-huh. your 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 idea uh, right on the money. Yep. So John hats off to you. Hats off. Sweaters Congratulations. Off you. Thank you for the support. But uh, yep. more, more than that. Thank you very much for the, uh, for the cigar. Yes. We do look like we've been bought and paid for. I will say <laughs> with the sweatshirt. And I the mean, hat. I didn't get to, I, yeah, I just wanted to wear it today because it was freezing and it's really comfortable. No, you wore it at the Jersey Mike's where I ran into you and I was oh, also wearing it. That was hilarious. And I think a lady thought we were in an episode of total recall or something. She's like, what is this two of you? That was great. Yeah. And we do look alike. Yeah, like we I have think, beer. You I know, think we beers, ordered the same sandwich tall. probably. Yeah, yeah. We're the same height. Like yeah. it was like, she's like, oh, you guys have the same sweater on. I was like, yeah. And then I killed her. Yeah. Because no one could know about it. No one could know about our, no secret, our know, secret cloning facility yes. below the CVS. Um, and that brings us to number one. This guy had another huge year. Uh, really, really big year. We got to visit him in April. We got to visit him in April um, for the second time um, in the past two years. We got to see the finalized version of his operation. And now that he's settled, you know, he just came out swinging. He had, he had like th- uh, three releases, but like really one, two, three, four, five cigars within three releases. Mm-hmm. But um, the number one cigar for us for 2023 is the Foundation uh, Metapa in the Maduro. So this year, Nick released three lines, the Metapa, which is based upon, um, I think it was never name was Ruben Dario, who was this famous Nicaraguan poet who I believe began like the modernist poetry movement. I'm not, I'm not a big poetry guy, but he's, uh, very famous in Nicaragua. He's a, he's a almost, even though he was really, he's like a folk hero at this point. And so he created this line in honor of him, uh, again, playing into his love of history and the cultures that he's been able to, to live with and, and you know, work with and, and loves. And much like he did with Olmec, he released it in two different, you know, kind of utilizing the same wrapper, but one in the Maduro format and one in the, you know, the so-called Claro, you know, or the clear, but the, the, the un-Maduroed. Uh, both Ecuadorian Sumatra, I believe. They both have a broadleaf wrapper, if I'm not mistaken. I know the Maduro one does. And just like the Olmec, this is very, it's unique. It's a unique experience. There's a lot going on, but it's not, it's hard to put my finger on. It's, it's very, it's very, when I say similar to the Olmec, I'm not talking about the flavors are similar. I mean, the experience is similar. Where, like, Study this cigar. There's some rustic notes in there, and then there's some very refined notes, but how they kind of chain together is really unique. Um, I'm getting like a little bit of that broadleaf flavor, but the Ecuadorian Sumatra and the Maduro is just, it's unlike anything I've ever 
tasted. Yeah. And it's, like, like I said, first of all, it's very, very good. If I had to give it a rating, it would be in the mid-90s. But moreover than that, he's been able to make something I very much enjoy that I haven't tasted anything like it before. Yeah. Like, I really haven't. Or maybe I have, and I didn't understand it, and he helped me understand it better. He was able to make, you know, maybe like a dumbed-down version mm -hmm. for people like me of like, hey, this is a thing. This is, this is a, a, a blend concept. Um, let me know what you think. Is it box-pressed? It, it's, it's like a nice rounded box-press. Yeah. So Big Jim would probably love it. Uh so we'll get back to talk about the cigar in a minute. But on top of that, he released two limited editions under the Charter Oak line, different bands and, and elevated blends, more expensive, the Pasquale and the Pecnotero, a Maduro and a Connecticut shade in honor of both of his grandfathers. Yeah. And then he released the Knight's Commander, which was, I guess, kind of falls under the Tabernacle line. And a lot of that money goes to charity. Yeah, for, we smoked you know, that a few episodes ago. A few episodes. Yeah. That was another remarkable yeah. one. Um, but though, so and, and so he had five different blends that he released this year in within three lines. But the Matapa was his regular release, okay. you know, like his standard. Yeah. The other two are limited. I mean, the Knights Commander is very limited yeah. and very expensive. The Matapa is uh, is going to be a little more readily available. But when I say that, I think we sold out of it very quickly. Like his stuff just moves. Um, in that foundation price range of like fifteen fifty, you know. Um, but again, these, what I, it, it, it's, it's, he, like I said, he did it with Olmec and then I think, cause Olmec was our number two last year, I believe, right? Yes. So I think whatever he started to do with Olmec in, you know, and he also, his first real experiment, I would say with this, at least in my mind is the, like the kind of the charter Oak, but like that's so a, People have done that a lot, a yeah. Connecticut shade and a Connecticut broadleaf. You also saw him, you know, he, he, he likes releasing Maduro versions, but marketed it very differently. So it's not like, a, you know, the Fuente 858 Natural Maduro. Same cigar, different wrapper, same band, same box. Everything looks the same. There's, just, there's a different sticker on it. He offers you different experiences usually. What he started to do with Olmec is within his this one brand is he wants to tell two versions of a story. You know? Yep. I feel like with Charter Oak, it was a story we've heard before. It, very well, but a story yeah. we've heard before. I feel like with High Clear Castle, it was two different stories, Edwardian and Victorian, mm -hmm. almost like an anthology series. And then with Olmec and Metapa, I think he's telling two I mean, two points of view of the same story. Yeah. And it's like, choose your own adventure. Which one are you going to like more? And so that that's why I'm really going with this. Besides it being a remarkable cigar with a lot of great flavors, great construction. And there's art in that, too. Yeah, like that's, there is. Yeah, like that's... It's not, I'm going to tell you, there's art in me even kind of understand it. That's how yeah. deep it is. It's like, I'm kind of smart just for maybe figuring it out. Yeah. Watch Nick say, like, none of that's true. I just made a good cigar. Like, you all, I, I appreciate it. Everything he said was bullshit. Um, but I, I also love the band. Uh, there's something about the band, the thickness of it, the color coordination, how it really stands out, um, really pops. I mean, I, I don't know. It was just Nick is, Nick is on high. In my mind right now, Nick is the guy. Nick is the one. And I, I've actually said this for years, but I, 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 
I very much mean it now. That and you if, think people are starting to see it now? I or? think so. I think Nick is the is is the guy. I think he's number one draft. And he, of course, would be very humble and say, like, you know, oh, yeah. Manuel, you know, Casada or Pepin or these, you know, uh, Ernesto guys who've been in here forever. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think anybody fully. Nobody as fully. There's plenty of guys. Everyone we just named in our top list yeah. gets it. But Nick really puts all the aspects of everything together from blending to storytelling to tradition and is able to then tell that in such a, a beautiful way. It's like every guy has their thing. Like, you know, we'll, we'll use movies for a minute because, you know, my friends don't understand that. Like, no one writes dialogue better than, like, Tarantino. Yeah, and Sorkin, then, yeah. You know, or Aaron Sorkin. And then Christopher Nolan is, like, much more of a visual, you know, yeah. visual spectacle um, in the cinematography and the, the realistic effects. Pushing boundaries in cinema, yeah. This is, this is both, and I'm trying to think of somebody who does both of those things as well. Um, maybe Scorsese. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to be a, a homer. But, you know, we, we, um, I didn't see his newest one, but really it's only kind of been in the one lane. But yeah. no one can argue with the dialogue no. of his movies and then how they're shot and the music. Yeah. So I, 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 I have to maybe lean towards, towards him. Um, although, yeah, because like Oppenheimer, as great as Oppenheimer was, I wouldn't say it was a dialogue driven, yeah. and it's, his movies never are. Yeah. I mean, it's like some of the dialogue in the Batman movies is like not, it's just downright not good. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not. like not good. But the movies are great. Yeah. And I think that's can be even more impressive. It's like, hey, without really even using a lot of words, mm -hmm. I'm gonna make this an amazing experience. I think you nailed it with the Tarantino compare. I think it could be Tarantino as well. I know he's more so yeah. like he 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 thrives on the dialogue and these these long monologues. And you know, it's almost some of his movies are like some scenes are like a play almost, right? Yeah, um, but, but he, he still has some very like beautiful visuals. He, too. he does have very good visuals. I, but he he he, he likes close quarters yep, though. Yeah, yeah, he likes it. It needs to be in tight. It's yep. in a room. It's in a car. Yep. It's in a closet. Diner. Yep. yep. Yeah, where where Nolan is like it's cosmic. Yeah, it's the whole city is the thing. Yeah, the city or the, the, the you like you know an interstellar. It's all yeah. of space. You know he's able to portray these things. Um, you know who I'll say is uh, like Villanueva, maybe yeah. kind of like because yeah. like Sicario, he did he do Sicario? Yes. Yeah. Like Sicario, very underrated. Something yep. like that, where like the dialogue, like Josh Brolin's character is brutal, yeah. and, but like his his dialogue and and you know he's able to tell the story both ways. You see, like when they go into Mexico and you see the brutality of it visually. But then also in talking to him, you see, yeah. like you, you're you're getting the point mm -hmm. of the story. Like like life is shit, life is hard. You got to make tough decisions. Yeah. You're able to just kind of see it both ways. So I think that Nick is like some kind of Scorsese villain away a mixture, yeah. where um where he's really hitting all the major points because it seems like he's starting with like okay, what's going to be the storyline of this new brand? Yeah. So he he starts with the story. Then he builds. Out, then he builds the world of okay, what tobaccos can fit this story? What sizes? What blends? I don't. You've been in here. You've been in the industry a lot longer than I have. I haven't seen anything like that in my short time here. No, like that's he, insane to me. You well, because he also he he treats them like Nolan does, where it's like I'm not. You know, like it was funny. Ridley Scott made some kind of comment the other day about uh, Scorsese, where he's like. 
and the time it took him to make like his last movie, I made like four, and, and they, were, they were they were good movies. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. Duelist was good. Yeah. Napoleon's probably pretty good. He's not pumping what out was junk. It, uh, yeah, yeah. And then you had another one in there, like, House of Gucci. Yeah, yeah like uh, House of Gucci was terrible, but like he's putting out pretty good movies, and he's yeah. just. But Nick is like, I'm not just putting something out for the sake of putting it out. I want it to be a spectacle. I yeah. want people to come. You see that with a lot of artists. Ha- yeah. Have a reason to come to the cigar store and smoke it. I want people to be excited about it and, and have a deeper understanding about it. Again, I don't even know if Nick is consciously making these decisions. I think it's just embedded in him where it's like, yeah, it has to have. Yeah. You know, where he doesn't, he's not sitting there writing like, all right, need to have a story. No, it it's just, just comes to it him. It just comes to him yeah. naturally. He's been doing it for almost on his own, what, since 2016, 2015? 20, yeah, right around there. So almost 2011, almost yeah. 10 years he's been doing it on his own. And before that, where he was... You know, where he's working in uh, factories in Nicaragua. I think he just understood it completely. He's and not it, doing yeah. this because it's the hottest new thing to do, you know? And so. I think this is the culmination. And I and I think for both numbers one and number two, um, these guys these are, were these were big years in terms yeah. of you know, their their filmographies. Like, oh, I you know, this is an a this is an important movie yep. in his filmography. The La Vareda is an important movie in John's filmography. Yeah. Um it's 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 not you know it's probably not going to sell as much as Mil Dias. It's not going to sell as much as Four Kicks, yeah. you know. But it's like this is an important mo- like Pulp Fiction will always be yes Tarantino's movie. But one might argue that something like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is probably his greatest picture. Yes. Um, and it like, took me a while to really like that movie. Oh, I liked it the first time I saw it. When I first saw it, I thought it was way too long. But when you when you do like kind of take a break and you watch it and you're like wow and I think there yeah. are some lo- some cigar brands and lines under Crown Heads and Foundation where in five ten years from now you're gonna look back and be like wow that they had a really good run like yeah. they had a really great year you know yeah so. um yeah I I think that and and with the FDA kind of gone now again I don't want to see with the FDA gone these guys to start pumping out stuff because they can I yeah. still want them to take their time but I'm yeah. I'm really excited to see what the future holds. Um, so there it is, folks. That's our top 25 cigars of 2023. Uh, we, you know, you can see them on, on Instagram and everything. Yep. And, our uh, full list is on, on full, blending full room. Full list is on the yeah. blending room. Make sure to check it out. And then come back and listen because, well, we, so this one's coming out next week. So we filmed the week. This okay. Is, we're yeah. But no, we're not missing a Friday. We're good. So this no, one comes good. out then. This and comes then out okay. 29th. Yeah. Um, and make sure to listen to our, uh, consensus episode. And I think I'm definitely going to have to do a Cigar Aficionado standalone on its own episode about their list because we're still waiting on number one to drop. And a lot of people are saying a lot of stuff. A lot of people messaging you about it or? No, no? but like. Just online, what you see. I mean, I was talking to John about it yesterday. And and three of the ones John said yesterday, you'll probably see this, this, and this. They showed up today. He knew. Yeah. They're so predictable. It's, it's. And every year I get angry because every year I'm like, you're joking. Like, yeah. this is a joke. Yeah. Like, you're, you're, you, you're, like, you're, you're, I don't even know. It's, it's predictable. It's and so predictable. It's yeah. so and we just want, we want something new and they're just like, nope. Yeah. Nope. They were, they refuse. So number one, now number one comes out, I think tomorrow. tomorrow. Really could surprise everyone. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe Nick gets it for like Olmec from last year that where he got snubbed. We'll see. But. This is just getting ridiculous. Yep. But we have a whole episode we'll do on that. Um, 
following in, this uh, one in yet. a few weeks. But uh, everyone, make sure to have. Well, I guess the holiday technically passed. Yeah. So I hope everyone had a merry Christmas and yep. a happy holiday. Yep. And, and ha- we'll see you guys in the uh, in the new year. So thank you very much. Comment, like, and subscribe. And as always, keep it lit.